Welcome to another edition of the Morning Devotional. My name is Pastor William Hill. I'm the pastor of Providence Presbyterian Church located in Evansville, Indiana. Today is Thursday, February 23rd, 2023. This is edition number 34 of season 8 as we continue looking at the Westminster Confession of Faith. We are currently in the middle of chapter 6 of the fall of man, of sin, and of the punishment thereof. Today we'll take up paragraph number four. Let's pray together first and then we'll consider this paragraph together. Our Father, as we come now to these matters and these very important doctrines as taught in your word and as summarized by the Westminster Confession of Faith, its larger and shorter catechisms, we thank you for the things that uh, history has taught us, the precious doctrines of our of our faith and has articulated these things for us that we might understand better your word. We pray that you would instruct us as we consider various passages in scripture, as we consider various verses. May these things guide us and direct us. May they help us understand uh, who we are and our great need of a Savior. And so be merciful to us, we pray for Christ's sake. Amen. Well, we've come now to paragraph number four of chapter six. As I've mentioned, it's on the fall of man, of sin, and the punishment thereof. We've noted the first fall of Adam and Eve and how they were beguiled. They were tempted by Satan. Eve was tempted, and then Adam freely and chose to sin against God to go against the law that he was given. Um, we have noted how in their sin we too fell uh, in the garden and then inherited by ordinary generation, inherit the sins of our the sin of our first parents, which leads really to paragraph number four. Now, paragraph number four is best described under the theological umbrella known as original sin. Now, I want to read from the shorter catechism. Um, a very helpful summary uh, of this particular doctrine. It's question number 18 of the Shorter Catechism, wherein consists the sinfulness of that estate wherein to man fell. So this is describing the nature of the estate of our sinfulness. This is what is being described here. And so the answer to the question is, the sinfulness of that estate wherein to man fell consists in the guilt of Adam's first sin the want of original righteousness, and the corruption of his whole nature, which is commonly called original sin, together with all actual transgressions which proceed from it. And so what this doctrine teaches, and very summary, very stated very simply, is that it teaches that sin, we falling in sin due to the, our first parents, we have inherited that nature. It has affected every aspect of our being including the very heart of every single man and woman, boy and girl, born of ordinary generation. And of course, it is from the heart that all uh, our evil actions, everything springs from the blackness of our own heart. And so both is corrupted, both the heart of man is corrupted by sin, as well as the behavior that flows from that corruption. And so the paragraph says, from this original corruption, whereby we are utterly indisposed, disabled, and made opposite to all good, and wholly inclined to all evil, do proceed all actual 
transgressions. And so when we consider this phrase there, whereby we are utterly indisposed, disabled, and made opposite to all good, we need to look at a few references in God's Word, Romans chapter 5 and verse 6, for while we were still weak, at the right time Christ died for the ungodly. And so when did Christ give to himself um, his life a ransom for those he came to redeem? When we were ungodly, when we were weak. Not when there was any righteousness in us, not when there was any good thing in us. He didn't wait around for us to become suddenly godly or holy or righteous or good enough to save. No, he saved us at our worst possible condition. And that is a condition of complete and total ungodliness. A few chapters over, the Apostle Paul in Romans chapter 7 and verse 18, it's really in the middle of a much larger context, but the verse reads, Romans 7, verse 18, For I know that nothing good dwells in me that is in my flesh, for I have the desire to do what is right, but not the ability to carry it out. And so here again, Paul makes reference using himself as an illustration that there was no good in him. That heart, the will, the mind, the affections, the motives, everything has been corrupted due to sin. We look also at Colossians chapter 1. Again, the Apostle Paul, Colossians chapter 1, verse 21, there we read, And you who once were alienated and hostile in mind, doing evil deeds. Now he's talking to the church, he's talking to those that have been redeemed by Christ, but prior to that, they were people that would live out their evil, wicked intentions. They would live out the various, the the nature uh, of their own heart. Go on in in the paragraph. Uh, these uh, we have inherited this original corruption from this original co- corruption, whereby we are utterly indisposed, disabled, and made opposite to all good, and wholly inclined to all evil. We note this even in the very early pages of the Bible in Genesis chapter uh, six and verse five. The loss, the Lord saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every intention of the thoughts of his heart were only evil continually. There's nothing good to report here. Man's heart is wicked. We, due to the original corruption that has been passed to us, original sin, and therefore causes, results in a corrupted heart, a corrupted thoughts, corrupted behavior. Genesis chapter 8 and verse 21 when the Lord smelled the pleasing aroma, the Lord said in his heart, I will never again curse the ground because of man, for the intention of man's heart is evil from his youth. And then the Apostle Paul in Romans chapter 3, as he begins his argument about the depravity of man, Verses 10 through 12, he says, As it is written, none is righteous, no, not one. No one understands. No one seeks for God. All have turned aside. Together they have become worthless. No one does good, not even one. This is the state that our first parents plunged us into. And because of it, it has seriously affected our behavior. But it's not the behavior that's the problem as much as the root of our behavior, and that is the very heart 
of man. And that's how the paragraph concludes. And wholly inclined to all evil to precede all actual transgressions. Why? Why does a man murder? Because he has murder in his heart. Why does a man steal? Because he's a thief in his heart. Why does a man slander or gossip? Because his heart is sick and polluted. Why does a child disobey their parents? Uh, The easy answer is to say, well, they're a sinner. That's what sinners do. Well, yes, but the problem is, the root problem is that the heart is black. It's it's ugly. And and it's from that place that springs all of these behaviors that we witness in the world. We see not only in other people, but we see it in ourselves. We look in the mirror and we take note of the fact that we do these things, even as redeemed people, because our hearts still have not been perfectly cleansed have not been perfectly, had not been made totally perfect in that which we won't then do these wicked, horrible things. Why did David commit adultery with Bathsheba? Why did he conspire to murder Uriah the Hittite? Why did he do these things? Because his heart was not pure. That's why. And Jesus says that. He says that the problem with all of these matters, all of these sins, all of these issues, is that we have inherited... Uh, through original corruption, through this, this, this passing on of, of sin from our first parents, we have inherited hearts that are black, that are ugly, and that are reprehensible. Our motives are polluted. And so we read that, and Jesus makes reference to that in Matthew chapter 15. In verse 19, For out of the heart come evil thoughts, murder, adultery, sexual immorality, theft, false witness, slander. These are what defile a person. These are the things. It's the heart that is ultimately the cause of all actual sin. And so even the desires of the heart are sinful and lead then, therefore, to the actual sins and actual committing of sin. And so we have to recognize the root of the problem is the heart of man. And it's from the heart then, therefore, these things happen. Solomon in Proverbs 4 Uh, says that we should guard our heart because from it flow all of the issues of life. And so why do we get angry at somebody unjustly? Why do we lose control of ourselves? Why do we not exercise self-control? Why do we say things we should not say? Why do we do the things that we do? It's because our hearts are still sick. They need to be cleansed perfectly. And now we know in this life that will never happen, but we must still guard our heart as a century would guard an important building or an important item. We must guard our hearts because it's from there that all of these horrible, wicked, evil things spring. This is the doctrine of original sin. Why do you sin? Why do I sin? Because I'm a sinner. That's the reason. And that sin is so infected every fiber of my being that it's there then uh, that these actions spring out. It's not just the act that's the sin. I am, in fact, a sinner. And my heart is sinful. That's why I need Jesus Christ. Because I have nothing to stand on before a holy God. You don't either. It's because our hearts need to be cleansed by the blood of Christ. We look forward to the day, of course, when we won't wrestle with these matters anymore. But until then, we must be careful. Especially as the redeemed of the Lord. We've been given a new heart. We've been given um, new minds. Yet, as our confession later will teach us, there's an irreconcilable war that is going on between these two natures. But still, understanding that it's from the heart, the infection of sin, that ultimately is causing all of the actual sins that we commit.
Well, I trust these times are helpful for you. I hope they are. If you have any comments or questions, you can leave me a note. The way to reach me is there before you on the screen. And so until the Friday edition, when we consider paragraph number five, may the Lord help you today. May you guard your heart because from it flows all of the issues of life. God bless.